listening to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast, your weekly post-apocalyptic news roundup. Hello and welcome back to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, Senior Editor here at Post-Apocalyptic Media, and this here that you're listening to right now is episode number 98, only two more to that big 100, and uh, and it's also a new year. It's 2023, in case you didn't uh, know that, in case you've been passed out the last few week, week and a half, I guess. Um, <laughs> So it's a, you know it's a new exciting time. Of course, we didn't have a lot of news during the holidays, during those winter holidays themselves. So I skipped a couple of weeks there. Um, but now, right now is where it all kind of comes together, and I start talking about uh, everyone's plans for 2023. Um, we have a lot of great stuff being worked on at the site for you know like best, most anticipated that kind of thing for 2023. Um, and we also have some some winners from from our uh, short story contest, and I'm going to talk about that here in a second. Uh, we also have some news of some you know some new uh, shows coming out. One coming out actually this weekend, which is very exciting. And then we have some crazy news too. Um, although we don't like to say crazy news, we'll say um, in real life apocalypse, IRL apocalypse. How's that? All right, so this first little thing I want to talk about before we get into the actual news is I want to talk about the short story contest winners. Now, what we did, this is our second year of doing this. I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but you know, in case you're new or you haven't um, heard that, uh, we do a short story contest. So the way this contest works is we would have people submit stories, right? Short stories between, well, last year it was between three and 5,000 words. This year it was between two and 5,000 words. We figured uh, we can get some shorter ones in there too. And, uh, and so last year, you know, there were maybe, I don't know, a couple dozen this year, there were a couple hundred <laughs> submissions. So it was significantly, a, you know, much bigger contest. It was carried by Reedsy. They, uh, they shared it. They voted it as one of their top, um, uh, contests of 2022. So that made a big difference and it, it pretty much blew up. So I'm very happy with that. You know, this is my kind of my baby that I started a couple of years ago and I, I was really excited to, uh, to get it going and, and all that. I love short stories. I, you know, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I have a short story anthology on Amazon right now called through the aftermath. Ding. And, um, so I do love short stories and I do love anthologies. And so, you know, this contest was kind of a, uh, a pet project of mine that I really got into, uh, but it blew up, blew up really big. So it, it took a lot of time, you know, away from other things I could have been doing on the site, uh, you know, to read through these, but I'm not complaining. I'm definitely not complaining. I, I love doing it. I loved reading these stories. Some of them were amazing. Like it was really hard to pick three, basically, uh, you know, a one, two, and three. Um, and then, so what I did is I also picked honorable mentions and then I picked uh, kind of a, a next like a runner-up kind of thing actually runner-up and then honorable mentions <laughs> I think it went in that order um, so there were a lot of winners there were I think 33 total there were uh, you know within the runners-up and and uh, and the honorable mentions so a lot of great winners but it's still if you consider the fact I think there were two 
oh, I forgot how many, two, 208, something like that total, maybe even more than that. Um, I, I block it out of my mind when I'm done. I'm like, I'm getting this, I'm just, you know, flushing it out of my mind. So I don't even remember what's, what I did. Um, and I, and that's been a few weeks now since I did that. Um, but the, the point is the top three are on the site. You can go, if you go straight to postapocalypticmedia.com or even just postapocalyptic.com, um, right there, the big square in the middle of the, the top of the page, it says announcing the post-apocalyptic short story writing contest winners for 2022. If you click on that, you'll see uh, I have linked in there the three, uh, they're, they're actually in the in the post, the three stories in their entirety. You can sit there and read them at your leisure. Uh, very good stories. I'm very thankful for all the people who submitted stories. Um, I would, you know, I wish there was something else I could do. Like I wish I could give the top 50 uh, prizes because there were so many good ones. So what I what I did is I went through and I rated them on uh, several different categories and I kept a spreadsheet and I <laughs> did all this the whole time. And then at the end I went through and I, I <laughs> you know, it was, it was out of 10, like, a, you know, out of a 10 score. And so I essentially originally was going to say all the ones that are eights and above, I'm going to reread. Uh, but it ended up being where I reread all the ones that were 9.5s and above. That's how many there were that were really good and, and you know, in that in the top thing. So these are all really high quality stories. Very, I'm very, very proud of the post-apocalyptic media community for, for getting this, uh, you know, getting their stuff in and, and all that. It's really cool. Um, I hope, I don't know, but I'm hoping there will be an anthology, uh, maybe even anthology series through post-apocalyptic media uh, showcasing and, and highlighting these stories. And maybe that'll be something every year. That's what I'm pushing for. Uh, so let's hope that happens. Fingers crossed, right? All right, let's get into the actual news, right? News stuff that has happened. Uh, so this first story, this happened actually way back on December 27th is when I wrote this up. Um, UFO sightings have skyrocketed since 2021. Now, there's a couple reasons for this. Um, one of them is the fact that there is now a government agency that has been created to, you know, to monitor this and, and for people to report to. So, of course, the reports are going to go up, right? If you have a place to report to, then people are going to report more often. Um, and it's called the, the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, AARO. Um, they say that they've received hundreds, they didn't say exactly how many, but they say hundreds of reports. Now, this is this is an, another important thing here. It's just for military personnel. So they've received these reports from military personnel about UFOs since 2021. Now, before that, for, when they started, the Department of, Department of Defense started recording this in 2004, so from 2004 to 2021, there were 144. So, you know, through that stretch of time for there to only be 144. And then in the last, you know, year, basically year and a half to be, um, to be hundreds, that's a pretty big deal. Right. Um, so I don't know. I found this interesting. I think that, like I said, I think it's because there's more uh, opportunity to report. So that's, that's a big part of it. But also a lot of people are just saying that they're, they're actually recording a lot of these UFO sightings. Uh, so I think that's interesting. 
when I was younger, my younger days, um, I used to listen to Art Bell. And Art Bell is a, he's, I worked the, the night shift. And so I would listen to Art Bell at night. Um, he it was called Coast to Coast AM. And it was this great show of just where people would call in and have conspiracy theories about aliens and, and paranormal stuff. And I, I, you know, I think one reason I listened to it is because it was the only thing on really. Um, we had a couple radio stations that basically only played, you know, four different songs and three of them were by Led Zeppelin. Not that that's bad, but you know, you get tired of it after a while. And, uh, and so I, so I, I started listening to talk radio and I listened to, uh, Art Bell and I, and the stuff I listened to was absolutely crazy. You know, it was a lot of, and by crazy, I mean, you know, paranormal stuff like that. Um, and it was really interesting to me. And I, I, I guess it doesn't really matter if I believe it or not. It's not really the issue here. Um, the issue is the fact that it, so many people are reporting this stuff, you know, and back then I'd listen to that radio show and, and people would call it all the time with really great stories about abductions or sightings or things like that. And he would, of course, you know, his show went on for like four hours every night. So he would draw it out and he would, uh, keep the people on for, you know, 30, 40, you know, 50 minutes and just talk to them about their thing. And then he would repeat it and he would kind of, you know, drag it out. So it would be this <laughs> fill up four hours, I guess. Um, but it was, I really enjoyed it. I, I really, and, and for that to be back then, and this was probably who 2002, I would say. So that was before, you know, all this stuff started really getting, um, reported, I guess, to the government. But now the fact that they have an agency specifically set up for reports and for for checking this stuff out, I guess, right? Um, they say in May of in May of 2022, which was you know a little less than a year ago, Congress held a hearing to help determine whether this uptick in UAPs, which is what they call UFOs now, it's like unidentified aerial phenomenon. Uh, was the work of China, Russia, or other potential adversaries. They didn't know. They didn't know if these were spy planes or whatever it was. You know, it, it doesn't always have to be aliens. It can be any of this stuff. Um, so they say public safety is the office's number one priority. Um, and that is according to the uh, Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, Ronald Moultrie. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on this. I think... You know, especially Derek and Stephanie, the, you know, the people who run the site, they are very big into the conspiracies of aliens and UFOs and stuff like that. I'm not huge into it, but I do think it's interesting. You know, I think that um, hearing the stories is interesting, Watch, especially watching the videos. You were seeing, you know, some of those videos they have of, uh, of Air Force pilots recording just a crazy light you know, on their radar. And then it just, boom, goes off to the side really quickly. And they don't know what it is. If they don't know what it is, <laughs> it's kind of scary because they're, uh, you know, military personnel. So I think it's interesting. Uh, of course, the connection to post-apocalyptic is the fact that there are so many movies out there about alien uh, apocalypses, right? So it's, it's interesting. It's good stuff. Um, but let's move on to a, an article that Val wrote up called the best dystopian and post-apocalyptic anime in 2023 that you don't want to miss um this is upcoming you know upcoming anime a lot of it is sequels or you know part two part three of existing anime uh, some of it's new 
Um, but if you're into anime, I think you should definitely check out this list because it's it's really well done. She put videos for all of them and explained kind of, you know, where they're at and where they're coming. Uh, Chainsaw Man, of course, is one of our biggest, uh, consistently biggest stories on the site. And uh, season two is coming out, but they say uh, possibly 2024, but they're uh, they're hoping for 2023. So, yeah, check that out if you're into anime. Lots of great stuff on there. All right, now, there's another story, uh, another one that could be categorized in that IRL apocalypse category. Um, This is a story I wrote up a couple days ago, and I love it. I love the story because it's it's another one that's just way out there. And I am a big fan of AI, as you probably know. And, um, you know, AI art has become this thing that's very, very polarizing uh, recently, and uh, I, I'm a fan of it as a tool. I, I, I'm actually kind of getting away from <laughs> it being an, an artistic uh, thing. I don't know. It, it, it's a whole thing. But anyway, so AI is branching out in other things. Of course, they're writing. AI is writing stories. AI is writing novels. AI, AI is having conversations with people. So this company called Deep Brain AI in South Korea, they're based out of Seoul, I believe, they created this uh, new technology that they showed off at the uh, Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Uh, And what it does is called re-memory. And it has a semicolon right in there, re-semicolon memory. Um, It's it's a, a service that will let someone talk to an AI avatar of their deceased loved one, right? So if you, let's say... Your uh, grandmother passed and you wanted to have, you know, more conversations with her and and you want to sit down and and talk. This is supposed to do that. Like, so what it does, here's the the caveat, I guess, is you, in order to set the service up, the person before they die has to go in. They have to do a seven hour interview where they film themselves. They talk about things. They answer questions. And that kind of builds up the AI, right? It kind of builds up the answers to questions if you ask them and, and things like that. Seven hours, that's a long time. That's a lot of information. I'm sure you talk about, you know, your how you grew up and your views on things and, you know, things that would probably you would want to talk about with uh, with a loved one. So they have that. They also have pictures, videos. They do this all professionally. They take, um, you know, scans of your head and your body. And, and then once you pass, um, then your loved ones can go into a private memorial room and talk to you and, and say, you know, ask you questions and, and kind of, and, and it's back and forth. It's a two-way conversation. This AI will actually uh, reference what was used in the, the interview and other information about the person and, uh, and use it to talk to the loved one. Now, they say it's about, I think they said it was like 20 grand yeah, twelve to twenty-four thousand dollars to set it up, right? And then there's a twelve hundred dollar charge that's U.S. dollars every time you want to sit down and chat with the AI avatar in a private memorial showroom. So this is um, expensive, right? It's not for me. It's not for you unless you're a billionaire. Is Elon Musk listening to the show? I think he might be. I think it's for Elon Musk. That's pretty much it. Um, so you can. You know, you pay all this money, you can set up this avatar, and then you can go in and talk 
to a, a deceased loved one. Now, I don't know. I think from a perspective of a loved one, you know, it's it's a little on the creepy side. It's a little on the I don't think I would do that even if I had the money side. Um, because, you, you know, you got to have closure. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that will help with closure. But at the same time, it's, you know, someone's passed. It's kind of like, you know, that's it. And, and they show a video, actually. There's a little trailer of it. And this woman is talking to her husband. And her husband is saying, you know, I've always loved you. And it's always been us. And, and you know, you're so great. And she just is, she's, <laughs> I had to laugh at one part. Sorry. It's, it's horrible. But I had to laugh because she interrupted him. She kept interrupting him. And I thought that was funny. Uh, while he was talking and uh, so they have a conversation and it seems like she's really really emotional of course you know about this happening now you know I, I think it's safe to say we've all lost loved ones right we've all lost loved ones who are very close to us and I think it would just be different for different people I'm sure there are people who would say I would love to talk to my uh, grandfather, mother, father, brother, sister, whatever, one last time. Uh, but to set all that up, you know, spend twelve to twenty-four thousand dollars, and then just do one twelve hundred dollar sit down. Uh, that seems like a lot. It seems like something that you would want if if you really wanted to talk to them all the time. Um, now people do go. I've done this, but people go to tombstones, right? And they talk to uh, their loved one like that. But this is the tombstone talking back. You know, this is, this is, um, I just think it's, it's, I can't even imagine it really. I can't even imagine what it would be like to do that. And, and I, I'm skeptical and I think it's creepy, but if I was in that situation and I was there, I would probably be absolutely blown away. I would probably just be overwhelmed with emotion. And you know what I mean? It, it would be an incredible experience, but I feel like there's a lot of people who would probably set it up, do it once and say, that was overwhelming. I'm not going to do that again. I, that's just what I feel. I don't know. So it's it's um it's interesting. It's straight out of a sci-fi movie. You know, I think I can think of many movies where they've done something similar. Uh, was it Time Machine? I think it, the the latest Time Machine that they made um, with Guy Pierce. I think that was the latest one uh, where he goes way into the future. And it's like a post-apocalyptic future, and there's that. Um, uh, what's the word? I can't, I want to say like ghost, but it's kind of like a, um, you know, an avatar, like a, uh, holographic, I guess, avatar of the librarian, right. Talking to him and, and, and kind of like, you know, answering questions about history and things like that. That would be cool. Right. Could you imagine that? Like having, uh, all the information from the internet in an avatar where you could sit and talk to someone and instead of, and you know, instead of just saying Siri, um, I better not say it too loud. She'll turn on, um, <clears throat> like ask her a question. You would have an avatar in front of you who would be like talking to you. You know what I mean? And, and so that would be a pretty crazy, uh, branch off of this, I think. So I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities. I think that we've just scratched the surf surface on AI and what it can do and what we can do with it. Um, but also it can get pretty scary. And that's why we talk about it here on post-apocalyptic media, because it has the potential to become something that's out of control, you know? And, um, I don't know. 
I think that that's, <laughs> that's what we have to be careful of. I think people are getting really excited about it and they're like, AI, yay, let's do all the things with AI. Um, but uh, I don't know, we gotta be careful. All right, now, this last little thing I wanted to talk about is actually good news. It's not creepy and it's not scary. It's actually about The Last of Us. Well, it is kind of scary actually, but it's not real. Uh, the Last of Us TV show is coming out this Sunday. January 15th on HBO and HBO Max. Um, and a lot of critics, I'm, I'm trying not to sound bitter here. <laughs> a lot of critics got early access to it and they, they got to see all nine episodes of the first season. Now I'm, I'm not really bitter. I, I really, I don't even know if I'll be able to watch this on Sunday, but, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I'd have to resub to HBO and all that, you know, that whole thing. Um, but I think, as a person who has not played the games, because I don't own a, a PlayStation 4 or 5 or 3. Um, oh, no, I do own a 3. It's in a box. Uh, but I, I've never played the games. And so I don't really... I mean, I know a little bit about what it's about. Like, I understand that it's about a fungus. And I understand that the fungus takes over. And I understand also, according to one of these uh, trailers I watched, that the fungus is something that's real right now. And it's actually possible... Um, if it were to cross over to human infestation, that this could actually happen. I, I don't know. That's crazy. But anyway, so the TV show is releasing on Sunday. And of course, it stars Pedro Pascal and uh, Bella Ramsey. Uh, I like to just say they're both from Game of Thrones because they are. Um, but they, you know, they, they've had their own, especially Pedro Pascal. He's the Mandalorian. Uh, lots of really, really great uh, movies he's been in. Um, and so... They're coming together to be Joel and Ellie from uh, from the game. Now, the critics, of course, I, I noted this in my story about this. The, this is a, a story about what the critics think, right? They've seen it. They've seen all nine episodes. What do they think? Now, what I pointed out in my article is that there are people who have played the game. There are people who have not played the game. There are people who reviewed this as from the perspective of someone who just likes good TV. And then there are people who reviewed it as uh, people who love the game and they want to make sure that the, the TV show stays true to that. Right. And so like, you know, entertainment weekly gave it a B minus. They said the last of us is less sensitive than sentimental an end times fable where the apocalypse is a bonding experience and guns are better antiviral defenses than masks. Uh, so, and they gave it a B minus. So I think that's pretty good. A lot of these didn't give a rating Hollywood reporter, Rolling Stone, time magazine. I mean, they all reviewed this and they all pretty much gave it, um, you know, good scores. I mean, they really did. Uh, but then when you get down to like IGN, well, IGN gave it a great score too, but IGN that's coming from the perspective of a gamer, right there. The person who reviewed this, assumedly, you know, is someone who, um, played the games, loved the games, and then they are now reviewing how the TV show relates to that, right? So this is what IGN says. They say, HBO's The Last of Us is a breathtaking adaptation of one of the most impactful stories told in video games and brilliantly brings Joel and Ellie's journey to a whole new audience. Taking the essence of what made the original tale so enduring, it builds out the world of the game while also switching up some aspects to almost entirely stunning effect. That sounds good, right? That sounds like they really like it. They give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, but they go on and say, 
anchored by two outstanding lead performances from Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal, it delivers an enriching show for fans of the PlayStation hit while also managing to stay welcoming, uh, th- welcomingly thrilling to newcomers. So that's me. I'm the newcomer, and I'm excited about this. I'm excited about potentially one day seeing it. Um, I might, I might do it. You know, mainly for this podcast, maybe do a review, uh, spoiler-free review, something like that. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I, yeah, like I said, I'll have to get HBO Max again and uh, and check that out. But um, January fifteenth. HBO, HBO Max, uh, it's supposed to be a big deal. It's supposed to be really good. The trailers look amazing. Um, the game has always done really well in critic circles. You know, they, it, it's gotten perfect scores. I think IGN was one of them. It gave it a perfect score for the, the sequel for uh, Last of Us 2. So I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, and that's another thing is it's written by the guy who did Chernobyl, and also the guy who wrote the game, uh, Neil Druckmann. So, you know, so so it has that input in there <clears throat> from the game and from a very highly respected um, producer and writer for a very highly respected TV show. Chernobyl was an amazing show. If you haven't seen that, go out and see that right now. <laughs> that is a really, really great show. Um, I didn't even intend to watch that whole thing. Uh and I, you know, I was alive during Chernobyl. I was probably ten, something like that, and, it, and I remember it affected me pretty, uh, you know, a lot because I remember just thinking, being described about this nuclear radiation, and uh, you know, of course, I was into, um, you know, post-apocalyptic movies even back then. Threads, Testament, stuff like that were pretty impactful. Uh, so. It was a big deal to me as a kid, and then watching it and seeing how everything went down was uh, pretty powerful. So I, I definitely, um, you know, recommend that show. And 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 so, you know, you have the writer. I think it's more than just the writer. I think it's like the producer and director and stuff like that from Chernobyl over to this. I have high hopes for it. I really think it'll do well, even as a non-fan. You know, I'm I'm not a fan of the. I just haven't played the game. So, should be cool, should be uh, very exciting, and uh, I'd like to hear if you guys have seen, or you know, you play the game and you see the show, what you think about the connection. That would be interesting. But, I think that's about it, that's all the news I have. If you check out the website, we actually have tons more than what I talk about. We have YouTube Roundups, where I go on YouTube and I um, find the best post-apocalyptic videos each week. We have some good ones from uh, from this week, including an AI art rendition of Fallout 1, which is really crazy. You have to see it. Um, we have tons of stuff on Chainsaw Man, uh, Trigun Stampede online, uh, or I mean tri- Trigun Stampede, how to watch it online. Um, we have Blackrock Shooter Downfall, tons of stuff, right? We have the, the Kickstarter for January. I did the Kickstarter t- Top 10 post-apocalyptic indie Kickstarter projects for January. You have to check that out because I'm a big fan of Kickstarter, as you probably know. Um, but then we also have stuff like our calendar. You know, on the, on the right-hand side there, right-hand uh, sidebar, we have all the upcoming stuff. We have um, our social media. We have our Discord. If you want to just go talk to us and, like, tell us that uh, we're doing an amazing job, just head over to the Discord. And, uh, and that'll be where you, you know, we can interact. 
yeah, so that's about it for this episode. I want to thank you all for listening. Um, should be coming up on 100 here in the next few weeks and or months. And uh, uh, But I, yeah, I appreciate everyone for listening. And as always, stay alive out there and always be ready for the big one. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.